Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Yokohama tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. As the college football playoff has been going now for five years, Ohio State won in year one. But given the fact that Alabama and Clemson are going to play against each other, 14 of the last 15 national champs in college football will be from the South. And yes, I count Texas as from the South. 14 of the last 15 from the South. And if you just heard Dan Wetzel in our last segment, Dan Wetzel pointed out that in the last four years of the college football playoff, the North, meaning the Big Ten as well as Notre Dame, has combined to score three points. And the West, which is the Pac-12, has scored seven points. So... The regionalization of college football is underway in a massive manner. And as a result, the SEC, and I count in the SEC, all of the SEC schools that have contended for championships in the last 20 years, Georgia, Tennessee, LSU, Florida, Auburn, Alabama, honestly, Texas A&M, the year that Johnny Manziel uh, went 11-2, and two, I think A&M would have made the college football playoff and maybe won it with the way that they were playing down the stretch that year. About half the SEC has been in the mix for a national championship in the last 20 years. You could even include South Carolina and Arkansas if you wanted to be expansive in Mississippi State because they have all been ranked very highly in uh, the BCS or college football playoff rankings at some time or another. And then Clemson and Florida State in the ACC, 
Miami has blipped up a little bit, but hasn't been very consistent. Clemson and Florida State typically are the class of the ACC. And then you've got in the Big 12, Oklahoma and Texas, which are typically the class of the Big 12. That's basically college football. And then you add in Notre Dame and Ohio State. And maybe if you're being really generous, you can add in the state of Michigan for Michigan and Michigan State. If you really think about it, is college football becoming what hockey is? An insanely popular sport in one particular region that the rest of the country doesn't really feel like it's included. And I ran through these stats because I thought they were really kind of eye-opening. This is the Orange Bowl. Where did people watch the Orange Bowl? Alabama against Oklahoma. Listen to the top 10 largest markets and see if you notice something. Birmingham, Alabama. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oklahoma City. Greenville, South Carolina. Nashville. Knoxville. Columbus, Ohio. New Orleans. Atlanta. And Jacksonville. Only one city that watched Alabama against Oklahoma is from outside of the South. And yes, I count Oklahoma as a Southern state. Some of you may disagree with that. I think Oklahoma is a Southern state, just like I think Texas is a Southern state. If you consider it culturally, it fits more so in the South than it does anywhere else. It's not Midwest. It's not certainly the West. Oklahoma, along with Texas, to me, is the South. All right? So nine of the 10 top markets in the country that watched Oklahoma play Alabama from the South. All right? That's interesting. Notre Dame is a Northern school, right? Chicago's its big market. Notre Dame is a Northern school. So what happens when a Northern school plays a Southern school, right? What happens when Notre Dame plays against Clemson Notre Dame supposedly this team with this massive national draw. Well, first of all, more people watch Georgia play Alabama in the SEC title game this year than watched Clemson play Notre Dame in the college football playoff. But where were the top 10 markets to watch? Birmingham, Greenville, South Carolina, Oklahoma City, New Orleans, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Columbus, Ohio, Nashville, Tennessee, Knoxville, Tennessee, Dayton, Ohio, and Atlanta, Georgia. All right, this is pretty significant, I think. Ohio loves college football. Everywhere else that the big markets are paying attention, it's all in the South. Is as a result of the West Coast basically being left out, Oregon won a playoff game and beat Florida State in year one of the college football playoff. In year one of the college football playoff, you had Oregon play Ohio State. Other than that year, the West and the North have not mattered in the college football playoff. They have been shut out. Is that a sign of the regionalization of college football that Nick Saban and the SEC have so come to dominate college football The best players are all in the South. The city of Los Angeles, 
with the decline of USC and UCLA and the arrival of two NFL franchises that are into the playoff, has college football effectively become like hockey if you're from Detroit or Buffalo or certainly anywhere in Canada, you love hockey, but most of the rest of the country really doesn't care that much. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weeknights at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. We had a uh, controversy arise in the world of Sesame Street. And I'm told this is uh, this is incredible audio. Grover may have got a little bit of salty mouth. When did this happen, uh, Danny G? This was the very end of last week. Uh, a new Laurel or Yanni debate blew up the internet. Uh, it came from a parent on Reddit. He posted something that he noticed when his child was watching Sesame Street. And yeah, you're right. The big question is, did Grover actually drop an F-bomb on live television? Here's what it sounded like when Inside Edition was covering this story. Move the camera! Yes! Yes, that sounds like an excellent idea! Wait, what did Grover just say? Move the camera! Yes! Yes, that sounds like an excellent idea! Some are asking whether the Sesame Street character used a bad word on the children's program. (laughs) All right. That is definitely an F bomb. What did that what did Sesame Street say he was saying? They're saying that he said that's an excellent idea. R- Roberto thinks he's saying that's a fun and excellent idea. I think he dropped an F bomb there. Play that's that, what I, play that we, again. So we have just I isolated just him saying it. Here you go. Move the camera. Yes. Yes, that sounds like an excellent idea. Yeah, that's an F bomb. <laughs> that's a billion percent an F bomb. Now we're not going to get FCC restrictions no. here because Sesame Street says they did nothing wrong, right? Right. And as you just heard, it was on, you know, regular Inside television, edition. right? Play that one more time because we can get away with this. But I'm telling you, Grover is going to have to, like, Christmas story-wise, like Ralphie and Christmas story should be sitting around with the, uh, with the soap <laughs> in his mouth. Move the camera! Yes! Yes, that sounds like an excellent idea! <laughs> I don't... Now, so so that we didn't get into any trouble, I forwarded this to our boss. Um, what was it on Friday? You know, and I to make sure that it was okay, and it was uh, blowing up on TMZ and but a whole did, bunch of other websites. Did he hear it though? He he said, "There's no way Grover said that on Sesame Street." I'm okay with you guys playing it. Play it again. Move the camera! Yes, yes, that sounds like an excellent idea. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, that's a taped show too. Yeah. I don't see how anybody could listen to that again. Th- there's a difference between when when I screw up on live radio or live television, it's going out to everybody. So it's not like we have the ability to go like tape a show, go back, listen to it, analyze every word, and see whether or not that actually took place. There is. Uh, I I don't think any different at all. Um, and uh, did <laughs> Grover just dunk all over the FCC? I, I, I just, I, let, m- one of my buddies just texted me as he's driving into work. He said, listen again and presume that it's that Grover is saying that sounds like an excellent idea and you'll hear, hear it differently. So I'm going to try to presume, uh, going to presume that this is not a curse word. Let's hear it one more time. I mean, it sounds to me like he's saying that's an effing excellent idea. When I even when I try, 
I, I don't see any way that that's not a curse word. Let's open up the phone lines. We'll, we'll have a every now and then we have an outkick jury. So the first ten people to call in will be our jury. What is Grover saying? Double field your calls eight seven seven nine nine six six three six nine. In the meantime, the jury. Roberto, you're on. That's an f bomb, right? Yes. Uh, Danny G, f bomb. Completely an f bomb. Uh, Eddie Garcia. I, I was on F bomb until I until I tried to listen to that last thing with your advice and now I'm now I'm not sure. Really? Now you're on the now you're on the the, the, the 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 fence, uncertain as to what the outcome should be. Um Dub is gonna field all these calls. We will take your call in the outkick jury uh to start hour two. Also ask you uh an interesting question as we roll into the top of hour two. Did you guys hear, there's a lot of discussion about all the fired coaches, right? And later in this week, I'll rank you the top eight jobs in the NFL that are available. Uh, Eight guys got fired, and it immediately turned into a racial issue, right? Because everything that happens in today's sports uh, universe has to immediately be racialized because five of the fired coaches were black. I've got data for you to point out why that is such a ridiculous argument to make, Uh, but First is the outkick jury. Did Grover drop an F-bomb? The 10 of you, the first 10 to call, wait through the commercial break. The first 10 of you to call will be our jury. Let's hear that one more time as we get prepared to roll into uh, hour two. Again, the outkick jury, all listening. Uh, maybe you got kids. Maybe you got kids and you're driving around in your car. You're like, I don't know about this. Sesame, maybe they want to be on the jury. Sesame, a lot of people starting off their morning, although probably not as many because kids are still mostly out of school. But 877-996-6369, the outkick jury going to decide this. Did Grover go all F-bomb on us? Here is that audio one more time. Move the camera! Yes! Yes, that sounds like an excellent idea! Yeah. I am on the, the in in camp of Grover dropping an f bomb. Uh, it's major controversy, evidently, that emerged on uh, Friday of last week. We are now diving in in the new year. Did Grover drop an f bomb? The biggest stories brought to you every morning here on Outkick. The Outkick jury will decide. Ten of you voting next. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick: The Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. We're going to go to the Outkick jury. Uh, We have jurors uh, lined up from virtually, uh, what, 10 different states or whatever. We're going to run into those in a minute and actually play it. Poll question, though, for you. Do we have the audio? I think we do. Urban Meyer got the win over Washington. uh, 28-3 lead. Ohio State somehow gave away the cover late against Washington. If you were watching the Rose Bowl, in the immediate aftermath of that game, Urban Meyer was asked whether this was the final college football game that he will ever coach. He said it was. Here's that audio. Doug Lamarie's Cleveland.com. Urban, how did you feel walking off the field, and was it any different than every other time you've walked off a field oh, sure. after a win? Sure, I would. Uh, we've been on the phone recruiting the last half of the walk if it wasn't our last game, <laughs> and right now I'd be like starting to put pencils to who's coming back, who's not coming back, and what do we do at left tackle? What do we do this? What do we do that? But uh, the new guy's got to worry about that, and we're going to certainly help him. Uh, so it felt different. Edward Ashoff, ESPN. Urban Shelley just said out there that she thinks you're done. She would be ecstatic if you never coached again. Why do you believe that you won't coach again? Well, I think I'm very blessed, and uh, this has been, I know, relatively young, but I started young. 17 years as a head coach, 33 years doing this, and uh, 
Uh, just very fortunate, and I, I do believe I'm done. So our poll question, is Urban Meyer done coaching? You can go vote in that. I'll have it up shortly on uh, Twitter at Clay Travis. Uh, Let's roll right in, though. The big question, big debate, massive controversy on Sesame Street. This happened last week. It then went viral, headed into the weekend, into the new year. Grover, did he drop an F-bomb? This is that isolated segment of the show. Here is Grover. Here he is, the jury about to decide on OutKick. Move the camera! Yes! Yes, that sounds like an excellent idea! All right. Did Grover say, yes, that is an effing excellent idea? There's the music in the background. Every now and then we open up the polls, open up the phone lines to the OutKick jury. You now, the 10 of you, will decide, did Grover drop an F-bomb? We are starting, I believe, with Lee in Mississippi. What you got, Lee? Absolutely not. No. No. What do you hear? That sounds like an excellent idea. That sounds I'm like. I'm trying to figure out what they. I, I'm trying to figure out what they want to do with the camera. Are they oozing the camera? Uh, all right. So Lee, <laughs> Lee is no. voting no. I'm, I'm not going to be. I'm going to be surprised. No. Maybe because he's from Mississippi, Bible Belt uh, country down there. Maybe he doesn't hear a bad word. I hear Let's hear it one more time here as we go in. Move the camera! Yes! Yes, that sounds like an excellent idea! I I don't even think it's close. Uh, let's go to Adam in Washington State. Adam, what's up? What do you hear? Hey, Clay. Uh, I totally hear an F-bomb. Yeah. 100%. I even tried to put it in the frame of mind of texting like your friend called in and said yes. or texted you. Total F-bomb. Total F-bomb. One-to-one. It could be a tight race. One-to-one. Down the stretch we come. Let's go to Mike in Simi Valley, California. What you got for me? Hey, Clay. Yeah, no. He clearly said the F-bomb. Thank There's you. no doubt about it. There's no doubt at all about it. I'm with you, Mike. I'm with you. We got, okay, uh, two-to-one F-bomb winning. Let's go to Teddy. Oh, or actually, I, that dub keeps switching around on me here. Uh, Jason in Kentucky. Is that who's next? Happy New Year, fellas. Yeah, Happy New Year, Jason. What you hear? Hey, that's absolutely an F-bomb. And now Grover is definitely my dog from Sesame Street. <laughs> Grover in the doghouse, to be sure. Uh, let's go to uh, – hold on. i got to make sure here. Sue in West Palm Beach, Florida. Sue, what you got for me? Um, 100%. I even tried to put it in the frame of mind. Of- All right. <laughs> so, uh, we'll come back to Florida. Not surprisingly, Florida has their radio up too too loud. Uh, Florida man, and Sue, I'm assuming, is a Florida woman. Florida swinging a miss there. Sue right now is talking on the phone, like ready to answer the question. She's going to hear herself in like 40 seconds. Donnie in Washington State, what you got for me? Hey, how you doing today? Happy New Year. Yeah, happy New Year to you. What you got for yeah. me, yes or no? I say he did not drop the F-bomb because the show's scripted and he had to read it from a script and that's the only way they're able to play it on TV so they can prove what he actually said. Yeah, but you know what? Then Thanks for the call. Just because it's written in the script doesn't mean it's uh, going to be read exactly right. I agree with you. It is totally scripted. But what if the guy who's doing Grover was just like, screw it, I'm going to throw in an F-bomb today and see if anybody notices? How would you prove that he didn't do that? Uh, who's up next, Dub? You got me all crossed over with all this numbering. We got Sid in Mississippi. Sid in Mississippi. Sid, what do you got for me? Happy New Year, Clay. Uh, 
I'm from Mississippi, and I hear I hear an f bomb. Yeah. I mean, I was trying to give an unbiased uh, or, or unbiased opinion. My kids love Sesame Street, but I, I gotta I gotta go guilty. Guilty indeed. Is Sue still there? Should we go back to West Palm Beach, Florida? Sue is no longer with uh, us. Sue was humiliated when she had her radio on, and so she has dove off. Uh, let's go to then who is up next? Uh, Leo in L.A.? Hey, guys. Yeah, what? actually, it's absolutely yes and no, because it depends, again, on perception, because when I heard it the first time, I thought it was an F-bomb, but then afterwards, when they said it was excellent, I heard excellent. So it depends on perception. Either way, I think I'm going to start watching uh, Sesame Street again. Thanks, <laughs> Leo, when you're on the jury... You don't get to say, oh, you know what? It depends on perception. On the one hand, this is a perfect L.A. LA uh, role here. This is like being on the O.J. jury and being like, on the one hand, I think he killed her. But on the other hand, I don't think he killed her. You can't you can't straddle the fence on whether or not Grover dropped an F-bomb, just like you can't straddle the fence on whether or not O.J. committed a murder. You're on the jury. You have to come down on one side or the other. Dave in Florida, what's up? Hey, Clay. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I think he started a sentence and did such a with a dramatic pause and then did such an excellent idea. So the uh, such a excellent idea is what I think he said. So you're off. I'm going to be I'm going to be honest with you. Let's play this for you one more time. Uh, Right now, I have got seven and we keep dropping and adding people. So Bill in Tennessee, actually, let's go to Bill. And then we're going to have two final 10 total jurors. Bill, what you got for me? Uh, Clay, brother, as much as I want to say otherwise, man, that is an F-bomb. If yeah. you just listen to the tempo, that's exactly the same way I would have dropped it. Yeah, I do too. All right, so five to three, two final people dubbed just randomly as they ring. Just grab those phones, and we'll go directly to the caller without even knowing who it is. Let's play it one more time. Right now, Grover drops an F-bomb, winning five to three in the great outkick, the first outkick and panel jury of 2018 here to decide everything. Let's listen one more time. Yeah, I mean, little things. I mean, every single game, no, 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 no. Leaf plays out there. No, that's, 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 wait, hold that's, on a sec. That's Patrick Mahomes. We want the real Grover. Oh, okay. <laughs> There, there's so many errors, I thought. that. Uh, all right, no, so, we're goofing with you. Uh, here's, so, here's the real Grover. Here's the real Grover. Move the camera! Yes! Yes, that sounds like an excellent idea! Yeah. Yeah, that to me is an F-bomb. All right, uh, Dub, who we got? Just pull it up. We got Teddy in Western Kentucky. T- t- in Western Kentucky? Teddy in Western Kentucky. What you got for me? I don't know what happened there. Is it Western Kentucky or West Virginia? It's Western Kentucky. All right. What you got for me? Yes or no? Is Grover it dropping is an F-bomb? It, it is absolutely an F-bomb. And if you think back to the year 2000, they put out a toy called Tickle Me Elmo, yep. and it was dropping the F-bomb on all the kitties. So, Happy New Year. Love the show. I'm going to hang up and listen. All right. Appreciate it. Six to three. Final vote on the OutKick jury will go to who, Dub? Well, hold on. He just dropped. We got one, one on the line right now. All right. No, I have no idea who it is. All right. Well, who you got? Who, who are you and what's your vote? Uh, I'm Tyler from Kentucky, and I think it's, uh, that sounds like an excellent idea. Well, uh, all right. I, I, don't, I don't hear the F-bomb. Doesn't hear the F-bomb. All right. So, actually, this ended up being, I mean, I, I would, if I were Sesame Street, I would take that as a vindication. 
Wouldn't you guys take that as a vindication? If uh, I, I'm stunned. I thought this would be a 10-0 jury. I thought the jury would return with a verdict and it would immediately uh, have taken place and it wouldn't even be remotely close. Are you guys, Dub, you didn't vote. Which? How would you vote? I am absolutely shocked by these results because I was actively trying to hear something else besides the F-bomb and I couldn't. So, so I thought it would be 9-1 to one at worst. I, I thought it would be 10-0. I, I really did. What about you, Eddie Garcia? Have you decided? Have you come down on one side of the fence or not no, yet? No, I'm, I'm going to have to go F-bomb. Yeah. I, 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 there was one time I thought maybe I didn't hear it, but then the next couple times you played it, I did hear it. So what does this say about our show that we are unanimous that we hear an F-bomb. You, uh, like, what well, is that, total of, yeah. We're professionally trained, you know, broadcasters and have a great ear. So that's yeah, why that's we right. hear it. Yeah. So five zero on the show, we all hear F-bombs, but when we go to callers, it's 6-4, which is, I mean, I, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm stunned that 40% of the OutKick jury, I mean, 6-4, you can't get a conviction there. I mean, I think we have to, I think we have to let Grover off the hook. I thought, I thought we were going to have a hanging jury, I thought Grover was done for. I thought there was no way that anybody was going to be able to save Grover. And then we go to the jury, and, I mean, it's like O.J., just like O.J. I thought O.J. was done for. Jurors have their verdict, and, and Grover, like, they spared him. They spared Grover. I, I, I thought Grover was going to come in for some major, major hit there. Grover got a good jury. That's the thing about juries, you know. You never know what jury you're going to get. People think, oh, juries never make mistakes. No, sometimes juries get it wrong. The outkick jury, they spoke and Grover survives. I didn't think it needed to be 10-0 in order for a conviction to occur, but I think you need at least 8 out of 10 votes to get a conviction. Now, we have to be unanimous usually on a jury, but on the outkick jury, I think it's tough to get unanimity. Unanimity? That's a tough word to say. Am I pronouncing that wrong? Unanimity? 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 No idea. Gesundheit. I mean, does anybody I take know? Back the is broadcaster comment. Unanimity. <laughs> Unanimity. <laughs> Unanimity. I said it right, right? Well. Unanimity. <laughs> That's a tough word to say. It's hard. Put an F word in front of it. See how it sounds that way. <laughs> Effing unanimity? <laughs> oh, that's, that's yeah, better. I think it was that's much better. Unanimity, unanimity. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Animal Thunderdome edition, uh, Sugar Bowl uh, edition of the Animal Thunderdome, I should say. If you didn't watch this yesterday, I don't know about you. It's kind of crazy that they let the Longhorn on the field still. I mean, a Longhorn has got, this is not going to shock you, Longhorns. And they look pretty violent. And, uh, well, the the Georgia Bulldog was walking around the field before this game down in New Orleans. And the Longhorn is there as well. And cue the music, boys. I don't know if you saw this, but the audio on it is pretty funny. The Longhorn was not happy that the Georgia Bulldog was walking around in front of him, and he stormed out of his pen, and this is what it sounded like. There he is. Aga. He does not know where to go. Oh, he's about to use the rest. That is adorable. They do not have a scooper. <laughs> like people's hand moves. Ladies and gentlemen, this is like a man walking on the moon. <laughs> Never before. Oh, no! Oh, my Lord! Oh! Bebo! 
the best idea, but we don't care. Can we get a replay on that? Can we get a replay? Oh. That's targeting. Is that targeting? I've seen a lot of things. It was worth it. That's but that it was worth it. It was <laughs> awesome. Can you imagine if the Longhorn had killed the Bulldog? Like, what if he caught him with one of those horns and just stabbed him, just stabbed him and just yanked the bulldog like up in the air and tossed it across. Can you imagine the reaction? Uh. If the like, I have to say, I know they have the Ralphie the Bull in uh, in in Colorado and the Longhorn. Like, it it seems kind of crazy that they have these huge animals come on the field and just kind of hang around, right? Would Especially that- the Longhorn <laughs> with those those horns. Would that have counted as two W's for Texas? Oh, can you imagine if the Georgia Bulldog had gotten killed, like just gotten the, the Longhorn right in the gut, and then he just picks up the Georgia Bulldog and throws him across the field? I, just, I can't even imagine the reaction. I think Bevo then definitely banned from being on the fields anymore. You know, they used to. I don't think they do it anymore, right? They used to bring out, like, the Mike the Tiger at LSU inside of his Tiger cage, and then I think they decided that was inhumane, so now they don't wheel him in anymore. And, you know, they have this huge enclosure for Mike the Tiger near uh, near LSU Stadium, which is pretty cool. But there are certain animals they don't bring in anymore. And by the way, we could have had a whole... Did you guys see the... Uh, before the Notre Dame... We haven't even talked about this. Before the Notre Dame-Clemson national title game, they had a bald eagle that was supposed to land at midfield. Yeah, the fan it, got him, right? Yeah, it, well, the fan... They just... It landed <laughs> on a random fan's back in the stadium. This huge bald eagle with all those talons just landed on a random Notre Dame fan's uh, shoulder. And I got to give credit to the fan who just stood there and took it. I mean, like a bird that big coming down and landing on you, I would be terrified. Or can you imagine if it was a kid, like how easy it would have been to panic we got Bevo going crazy and nearly killing the uh, the handlers and or the Georgia Bulldog. We got the eagle that just swarms in and lands on the guy's shoulder. Animal Thunderdome Bowl Game Edition has been lit. Like, there's no telling what's going to happen from one minute to the next. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Weeknights at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Let's go ahead and bring in Barrett Salee. He writes for CBSSports.com, covers college football. Uh, Barrett, I said I'd start with this question. It's obviously our poll question of the day. Urban Meyer gets the win over Washington in the Rose Bowl. He says he'll never coach again. Do you believe him? No, I don't. And the majority of the reason why is that Urban Meyer could say the earth is round, and I'd say, by God, it's flat then, because I don't trust Urban Meyer at all. Um, So, no, I don't believe him. Uh, and And the reason really... Uh, more, more than that, that I don't trust him for uh, about anything is the fact that, you know, he's still, even though he's, you know, had the head thing, he's still relatively young. It's something that he knows how to manage at least enough to coach most of the time this season, maybe being the exception. And he, I think he still has the itch to, to see what he can do at the NFL level. I don't think he'll coach in college again uh, because college is a different animal um, it's, a, it's a sport in terms of coaching that it takes a specific kind of person. And, and Urban has done that, but I don't think them. I think he's done it sort of reluctantly because he knows he's good at it. Uh, I don't necessarily think he uh, wants to recruit anymore. I don't think he wants to deal with, you know, the, the, the things that go along with, with coaching young kids. And, and maybe, just maybe the thing 
that, that suits him best right now at this point in his career, and especially considering his health, is just to go out there and coach some ball. And, and I think at the NFL level he can do that. So uh, I, I do think he's done in college. Uh, would I be surprised if, if, um, if he coached at the NFL level? Uh, no, not at all. In fact, I think at some point he will. He's only 54 years old, and I, I just ask this question in general. Um, if you are 54 and you just decide that you're not going to do what you do the best in your life at doing, right? It doesn't matter what you right. do for a living. It can be sell insurance. It can be sell cars. It can be talk on the radio. But whatever you do, 54 is still pretty young to just hang up the spikes, the whistle, whatever you want to say, and disappear. And I don't think – if you think about guys who have been extremely successful – you usually, if a guy's going to tap out, it's usually that he goes and does something public again, like John Madden or John Gruden or something like that, where they're so good at television, they still stay connected in some way to the sport. I don't remember the last guy to be successful like Urban Meyer and then just vanish and never coach again. Do you? And again, I don't think Urban Meyer is good enough at TV to suddenly step into a booth and be a revelation. He did a year of television with ESPN before he went and coached at Ohio State, and I didn't think he was that good. I didn't think he said that much interesting stuff. I didn't think he was like engaging or charismatic or must-see television in any way. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think the one guy that right now that does fit that bill is Gene Chizik because he's awesome at TV. Uh, But you're right, Urban really isn't. Uh, And no, I can't. And by the way, I don't think there's that many people beating down Gene Chizik's door saying, hey, we want you to take over this great job and we'll pay you $8 million or $10 million a year to do it. Right. He's he's in TV by necessity, but he's also really darn good at it. Um, Yeah, no, I mean, I I can't think of a coach that has done that. I think there is one that potentially. Uh, is going down that path right now, and that's Bob Stoops at Oklahoma. Uh, but he's only been out of the coaching game for you know for a couple of years right now. So there's no telling to, that that you know if, if he's going to get back in the coaching mix or not. I don't believe he will. Um, so he would probably fit that bill eventually, but you can't prove that right now. So no, I don't. I, I, I'm with you. I think you know coaches have to coach. Like that's in their blood. And if if Urban is you know, just going to ride off into the sunset, what's he going to do? I mean, yeah. people, are, people get bored. Like, yeah. even if you're a multimillionaire. I like, agree. That's my bored. thing. Like, is he going to play golf every day? That, that's my thing. Like, at 54, you're still a relatively young guy. Bob Stoops about five years older than Urban Meyer. But, yeah, like, I mean, his kids are grown. You know, it's not like he's, you know, a guy who started a family late and he's suddenly going to have all these yeah. kids to hang out with. Like, I think about that myself. Right now, my kids want to hang out with me all the time. They're 10, 8, and 4. I know you've got young kids, too. In a decade, they're going to have no interest with me. I'll be, you know, 49 years old. Then I'll have all this time, and I don't know what I'll do with it. Right. You might as well do something, even if it's not like your your primary source of income or really impactful on your in your bottom line at all and for urban meyer it wouldn't be uh just just go do something and um you know yeah so because of that uh and because i think that he uh maybe tapped out in terms of of dealing with what college football is on sort of the outside of the football aspect of it uh i think if he goes anywhere it'll be nfl and uh, i think he will wait for the right choice and right situation uh, if it were to come along so i don't think he's going to jump right back in but at some point, he's going to have to field some calls from the NFL. And I would imagine that at, at one point, one of those calls is going to be pretty enticing. What did Texas's win over Georgia last night tell us? That Texas is pretty good, um, you know, and, and that Georgia just didn't play a great game. Um, you know, it wasn't a case of 
Georgia not wanting to be there. I don't ever think it's a case of a team not wanting to be there because you may not be motivated to play. And, and Kirby Smart even said that the practices weren't great uh, leading into that game. Uh, but when you get punched in the face, you punch back. And, and Georgia tried to and couldn't. It's the same thing that happened with Auburn last year against UCF. They got punched in the face and they couldn't punch back. So um, to me, it's just, it says that Texas is pretty darn good. Uh, the fact that that defensive line was able to get consistent pressure on Jake Fromm is a big deal. Uh, the fact that Sam Ellinger took over that game is a big deal. Um, so, you know, uh, to me, it, we're not going down the road of Texas's back because we did that a few years ago when they beat Notre Dame, and we're just not going to do that again. But um, they're on the way to being back. They, they went to the Big 12 championship game. They won a New Year's Six Bowl game. They're a, a, a team that in the future I think is going to have – um, a lot of really great battles with rival Oklahoma. And a lot of times it's going to be twice per season like it was this year. And for Georgia, I mean, look, it's just, hey, you got beat by a pretty darn good football team. And, and you can say, okay, DeAndre Baker didn't, uh, didn't play, but he ain't blocking. DeAndre Baker ain't blocking Texas' defensive front. So, um, you know, uh, I, I don't think bowl games are referendums on conference power. It's just a, a matter of Georgia not being that good. Just like Florida was pretty darn good against Michigan. LSU was pretty darn good against UCF. This is, you know, it's all about matchups in bowl games. It, it's just they're standalone TV shows. And, and for, for Georgia, uh, they probably wish that one got canceled. There's a lot of talk about expanding the college football playoff to eight teams. And we're talking with Barrett Salee, CBSSports.com. And if you were interested in expanding to eight teams, you look at the results that we've seen so far. Number three got whipped. Uh, number four uh, got whipped. Uh, we also had a uh, the, the fifth best team we just said last night, Georgia lost. Ohio State won, but the seven, the eight, and the nine team all lost. There seems to be a big gap between Alabama and Clemson and everyone else. First, do you think that is an aberration? Second, does that make you pause a little bit if you are considering expanding to eight and say, what are we trying to do here? I don't think it's an aberration because more times than not, you're going to have four, maybe five teams per year that are really championship worthy based on whatever the season gives us in terms of how it plays out. So I don't think it's an aberration. And I'm the biggest four-team guy in the world. Um, Adding uh, adding four more teams means you've had automatic bids for conference champions. And you can't tell me that Washington deserves a spot. Uh, You can't tell me that – you know, an eight and four conference champion that springs an upset uh, in the camp conference championship game deserves to be there. So, um, no, I mean, it's a bad, bad time to be an expansion guy because uh, when you see that many teams lose, I think it's abundantly clear that more times than not, there are only a select few that are championship worthy and four is enough. Now, there might be a worthy team that gets left out every once in a while. Maybe that's Ohio State this year. That's fine. Don't lose to Purdue by 29 points. You know, so, um, you know, yeah, I, I think this talk about expansion, this has proven this, this bowl season leading up to the national championship game that, you know what, maybe just Clemson and Georgia, I mean, Clemson and Alabama are, are really darn good at football. They are head and shoulders above everybody else. And this idea that we have to fix the semifinals because, what, uh, six of the t- or seven of the ten have been awful, why do we need to sit, fix the semifinals? That's not the goal of this. The goal is to have a national champion that is worthy based on what they've done in the postseason and what they've done throughout the course of the regular season. And right now, we've got two teams that have earned it, plain and simple. So um, we don't need to fix the semifinals. And I wrote this on CBS uh, just this past week. 
if you, if you want to do that, then you're adding teams that you're ultimately going to be underwhelmed by later on down the road anyway. So why do that? Why give those teams a chance at a national championship when they haven't earned it compared to what other teams have done? It's just it's, it's silly that, that people like sort of start connecting expansion dots that really are not meant to be connected at all because this year has proven, hey, you know what? It's, uh, it's, it's one and two and everybody else, and yeah, you know, a number one team has never won the college football playoff, and that's fine, but that just proves that you're only supposed to have four anyway. All right, let's go into this. I want to just run through uh, all these teams and see what your reaction is. National champions since 2005. Texas, Florida, LSU, Florida, Alabama, Auburn, Alabama, Alabama, Florida State, Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, Alabama. We know in 18 it's going to be Alabama or Clemson again. Going all the way back to 2005, the only school from outside of the southern footprint to win a championship is Ohio State. You look at the ratings. Alabama against Georgia outrated Clemson-Notre Dame. Dan Wetzel was on with us last hour, and he said in the last four years of the college football playoff, the Big Ten and the North, uh, including Notre Dame, has scored a combined three points. The West, including everybody out West, has scored seven points, that being Washington. Is this just a cyclical thing, or has college football effectively become a Southern sport? It's, it's a Southern sport uh, with national appeal because those teams still have chances, although, albeit I'd say a very small chance. It's just where the good players are. You know, that, that's plain and simple. It all comes down to recruiting, and all of the good players are in the Southeast. And so all of these teams that you mentioned, there are, what, six Southern teams in the group, uh, counting the two ACC teams that have won national championships? Well, they get the good players. They recruit at an elite level. If you want to, you know, go be a, a superpower in a different region, you have to get the players. And this year is a perfect example, Clay. Uh, 24-7 Sports has a great tool that no one really talks about, and it's overall team talent rankings, right? Uh, Alabama was number two this year. Ohio State was actually number one. Uh, but then Georgia uh, – I'm sorry, Clemson was number six. But then Notre Dame was 10 and Oklahoma was 11. You've got to have top-tier talent to, to win at a national level and only a handful of teams, I'd say down to you know, maybe even Clemson at number six or, or somebody else beyond them, have the kind of players that can win a national championship. You don't have to have a, a, just an Alabama roster full of absolute superstars, but you've got to have as, you know, at least 30 or 35-star or 30 or 35 five- or four-star players to compete because those are the guys that you need when the depth problems come into play. And in the SEC, they can handle that because they have all the good players in the region and they get all the good players in the region. If you're a team outside of the, that footprint, like a Notre Dame, which is pretty good, like a Washington a couple years ago, which is pretty good, Michigan State a couple years ago, pretty good, um, you've, you have good, good players, you have good starters, but you don't have good backups. And not only do you need those throughout the grind of a season, you need those throughout the grind of the other nine months of the season because that culture of competition 
is, is built in practice every single day. You have to worry about the opponent for the three months of the season. You've got to worry about your job for the other nine months of the season, and that's what the great teams have, and the depth outside of that, that footprint just isn't there, and that's the reason why teams from the South consistently win at an elite level. LSU beats Central Florida. UCF goes down. What are the chances that UCF remains relevant a year from now? Relevant on the group of five scale, uh, still very high. I mean, they're the best group of five team in the country. It's not even close right now. I think Houston could get there um, because of, of what they've done from a resources standpoint. But uh, UCF is, is the best group of five team. And, and that, I wrote this yesterday after the game. If, if UCF fans are disappointed, blame Danny White. You know, blame your administration for this stupid charade for the last year, getting your expectations way too high. Because just like I, I said, the talent is not there. LSU was down to its ninth-string cornerbacks yesterday, and UCF secondary was the problem. Think about that for a second. So, um, yeah, I mean, UCF is a great group of five team, the best group of five team in the country right now. I don't even think it's close. But anything beyond that, is way LSU outgained them by 300 yards yesterday. And LSU's offense, it ain't great, not at all. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I think Danny White's to blame. I think this whole charade backfired over the course of of the last three weeks in absolutely epic fashion, culminating with the loss to LSU and starting with the fact that UCF tried to sell that it was way too good to do a two-for-one for for Florida. Which was crazy. When I saw that offer from Florida. LSU plays Florida every single year. So, I mean, it's it's just it's so dumb. I I would have jumped all over that two-for-one if I was UCF. I would have been ecstatic to get three years of playing against Florida, even if I had to play two of them on the road. That was crazy to me that they tried to pretend like that wasn't a legitimate offer. I couldn't believe – Florida agreed to play him three straight years. I mean, to me, me, that was a a huge olive branch from Florida to even be able or willing to contemplate that. Yeah, I mean, and there's no upside for Florida. And for UCF to try to act like it's too good for that, um, I think was sort of the peak of this ridiculous UCF, um, you know, national championship uh, agenda orchestrated by Danny White. And then yesterday uh, in in the, the Fiesta Bowl, it came crashing down even further because I think people realized, you know what, uh, on, a, on a game-by-game basis, UCF, pretty healthy with the exception of McKenzie Milton. They can't beat LSU where uh, an LSU team that, Clay, quite honestly, you and I could have probably played in that secondary yesterday. They had nobody, like literally nobody, and they had one reserve defensive lineman. And so that issue is unlike anything any team's ever seen in terms of, of depth, and LSU still won. So I just – it's – um, it's done at this point. UCF's a joke. Last year, when Georgia lost to Alabama in excruciating fashion in overtime, Georgia fans were like, okay, yeah, that stinks, but it was year two under Kirby Smart. We'll be back. Year three under Kirby Smart, arguably Georgia loses to the three best teams it plays against uh, and finishes 11-3. and three. Good season, not great season. If I told you right now, next five years, does Georgia win a national championship, you would say what? Yes, absolutely. They've got the team talent. I think they've got the coach. Uh, Kirby Smart had some issues this year, obviously, with the fourth and 11 fake punt call, but he's still relatively new at this. Uh, yeah, I, I'd say beyond a shadow of a doubt, Georgia is going to win a national championship. By the end of that five-year span, you're going to have Clemson, Alabama, and Georgia in that same conversation. 
Outstanding stuff as always, Barrett Slee. Appreciate you waking up early with us. Are you going to be out in Santa Clara? I am not. I am staying at the house, and I love it. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of people who are making that same decision. Ticket prices down to 200 bucks to get in. Appreciate it, my man. All right, thanks. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. 